Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. Pouring on this Tuesday evening, October 27th, 2020. Um, a lot to discuss here on a, uh, you know, kind of calm before the storm type uh, Tuesday in regards to it being seven days away from uh, the 2020 election, uh, one of the most probably, probably, I shouldn't say probably, but without question, the most important uh, election uh, maybe ever, <laughs> definitely in, in recent memory. Um, you already seen a number of uh, early early voting, 67, the last number I saw, 67.1 million people have done early voting. Uh, which is up from 2020 from the 2016 election and where you had a record 139 million people come came out total to vote that number I expect to get exceed will, will be exceeded the way you know the way we're on you know as you know if, if this pace current if this current pace uh, continues on into uh, next Tuesday so kind of you know candidates are making their last runs uh, in these battleground states um, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, uh, states of that nature. Um, listen, I can't, we don't, no one knows who is going to win. Um, especially after 2016, you get a sense that the Republicans are kind of bracing for what seems to be the, the inevitable, um, with not only them losing the presidency, but also losing possibly more likely losing the senate and you see that you know they're basically uh taking victory rap victory laps for amy comey brett barrett being um sworn in and and them having control of the courts uh with a majority of six to three so they're taking their victory laps from that standpoint because of what what more than likely looks like the inevitable in terms of uh, them losing um, badly uh, in November uh, come this time come next week but let's, let's calm down on that because <laughs> we, we've seen this movie before um, again everybody go out there and vote by mail early voting absentee November 3rd just go out there and vote it is not too late it's not even too late to register. Some, you know, certain states are doing same-day registration. Uh, so just go out there, vote, and we'll, you know, we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens. Of course, Game Six tonight of the World Series, which has been, by the way, and I know sports has taken a hit with the ratings um, all across the board, every sport. But uh, this has been a great. It has been a terrific World Series. It really has been played at a high level. Two very good teams. Dodgers have great talent. Tampa Bay has fought tooth and nail and been right there in you know almost every game, uh, really making the Dodgers earn this World Championship if they if they are if, if they are going to win this World Championship. And I think the Dodgers will win. I, I think this I, I think this is going to be a seven game series. Uh, but if you're the Dodgers, you really want to get this over with tonight. I mean, you really want to get this whole win tonight, and you know, to get to be, um, to put yourself in a position where you have to go in a game seven against this team, 
that, you know, it's a never-say-die, scrappy, talented, uh, is going to battle tooth and nail that, you know, you're asking for trouble. Um, tonight, of course, you'll have Blake Snell, Snell and uh, Tony, uh, Tony Goslin uh, will be the pitchers. Um, this could easily be a bullpen game. I wouldn't be surprised if it were a bullpen game. We'll see what happens when it comes. To, we'll see what happens in terms of that. Um, but uh, if you're the Dodgers, you want to get this series over with immediately. Like you want to get this. You want to get this series over with tonight. Uh, the Dod, I believe, the Dodgers have been the better team uh, from start to finish. They have been in my in my mind. They definitely have been the better team. But again, Tampa Bay is a team that is going to fight you to the end. They are a team that you know that you're going to, you're going to have to beat Tampa Bay. They're not, you know, they are not going to beat themselves, and you know, you, you know, they, they are never ever out of the game. So, I think the I think Tampa Bay will win tonight, and I think uh, I think we will see a classic game seven. Dodgers looking for that first championship since '88. And if you remember, as an LA sports fan, I'm sure I'm sure all you LA sports fans remember this. Last time the Dodgers won a championship in '88, same year the Lakers won. Uh, one and one went back to back, so they're hoping to repeat that. Having having the Lakers, you know, with the Lakers winning in 2020, and with the Dodgers trying to get his first championship since 1988, it is remarkable that it's, it's been almost it's been 32 years since the Dodgers won a championship. I mean, that, that's just you know, 32 years in that franchise, and the Dodgers have had some good teams. I mean, they've won eight straight divisions. They've had a ton of payroll, talent, great farm system, great player development. So it's not like the Dodgers have been like the it's not like they've been, you know, this franchise, this lost franchise. They just have not been able to get over the hump. And again, if it doesn't happen this year, I, I don't know when it will happen. Everything is set up for the Dodgers to win this year. Sixty game season. Um no real other dominant team in baseball. Um, they're clearly the most talented team from from top to bottom. That, that goes without saying that the Dodgers are clearly the most. And the Tampa Bay has some talent. We know how well Tampa Bay develops players and pitching and defense. And they don't beat themselves, but they, but player for player, you're taking the you're taking the you're taking the Dodger uh, the Dodger roster over uh, Tampa Bay the, over the uh, Tampa Bay Rays roster. That's all there is to it. So we'll see what happens tonight. Uh, tonight, also today, also marks the, the 16th anniversary of the Boston Red Sox winning a championship, um, their first championship, um, not their first championship, but, but breaking a 86 game, 86 year drought between titles. Uh, so, if you remember, they capped off that 2004 magical postseason with a uh, World Series sweep of the St. Louis Cardinals. That was kind of anticlimactic. The, the, you know, we know the championship was won against the Yankees, coming back down three games to nothing. First team in the history of baseball to ever do that. Up until that point, I believe that they were the first team in, in team sports to, to, uh, to ever do that up until that point. Uh, it's happened a couple times in the, in the NHL. Never happened in the NBA. Um, so we almost saw it happen this year with Houston and, and Tampa. Um, so you know the Red Sox ever since you know that you know started a a 
to got them to a point to where they couldn't lose after that. They won 2004. They will win three more championships in the next uh, 14 years. They will win three more championships in the next 14 years. So no team has won more championships since 2004. Um, so again, this marks the 16th anniversary of them winning that championship, uh, their first World Series in uh, 86 years. A couple things with the NBA. Um, so I know you heard the rumblings over the weekend or the talk over the weekend that the NBA is going to come back quicker than expected. It is not, you should not be surprised by this when you consider the financial ramifications of the NBA not starting until, say, February or March of 2021. These guys, these guys care about their coin. They are not... <laughs> These players, and I, I haven't heard any complaints, by the way, since this since this news came out. I've, now, nothing is official yet, but it's basically it's basically a done deal. Uh, the players are going to sign off for it. 72-game season starting December 22nd with ring night on a Tuesday, and then they'll kick off uh, Christmas Day, the Christmas Day five-game, you know, marathon, of course, ABC, ESPN on, on that. Uh, and I believe Christmas is on a Saturday this year. So, yeah, so it's 20 seconds on a Tuesday. Yeah, I believe Christmas is on. Um, maybe Christmas, I think it's a Friday. Yeah, that's, that is a Friday. Christmas is actually on the Friday, the 21st. Yeah, Christmas is on the Friday. But anyway, there's no way that these players are going to leave money on the table if they don't have to. It's just not going to happen. And at some point, you have to know that the NBA was going to have to do something um, dramatic to get their season back um, back as reg- back as regularly scheduled as possible or back on track in terms of their, their, their scheduling. They did not like playing September or October basketball. The ratings were horrible. Um, they don't like competing against the NFL. Who does? And... You know, you, you're thinking about, you know, you, you're not only competing against the NFL, you're competing against, you know, you're competing against baseball as well. So, you know, when they have that April to June spot, they're really the only game in town, to be honest with you. I mean, baseball is early in the season. Hockey, they're, you know, they, they trounce hockey as far as the popularity. So they're really the only game in town during that April, especially, especially come May and June. So... They, as soon as possible, wanted to get back to, to basically normalcy as far as their schedule. How they deal with it, how they go about it with, I don't know, multiple bubbles, that is something that it, it, it's going to be harder. You know, they did a tremendous job, uh, and I commented on this over the course of a couple podcasts ago. They did as well as you could possibly do as far as... Um, any sports league could do in terms of dealing with the, dealing with COVID and dealing with and having a bubble and having no positive cases for basically three and a half months. They pulled it off. I don't know how they're going to pull this off as far as they got to balance keeping players healthy and safe and trying to make some money with with fans in the stands because they're going to try they now. They're going to try to have fans in the stands. There's no two ways about it. They, they, you will see fans in the stands come 2021. 
Now, the question is how many? Will you see 2,000, 3,000, 500, 800? Uh, who knows? There will be fans in the stands. Just like you see them, just like you see with the NFL, college football, uh, baseball, even the World Series. It's a small percentage, but they're again, they're gonna try to eke out get any eke out any every single dollar possible they're gonna try to get. So the question is again, what are they gonna do in regards to how they're gonna navigate having are they gonna have multiple bubbles? Through the West Coast, East Coast, how are they going to navigate that? How are they going to keep players safe? How are they going to, how are they going to protect players from themselves? These guys are not doing the, the, the Orlando bubble. That is a one-and-done type, once-in-a-lifetime type deal. They're not going through that anymore. Not doing that anymore. So they're going to have to, they're going to, have to give some of these players accommodations to kind of balance players keeping themselves safe. You're going, to give, you're going to give some players some more incentive to stay safe, stay, to stay out the clubs, to, you know, follow protocols and things of that nature. Because I'm telling you right now, players are not doing the Orlando bubble type style. They're not, that's not happening again. You saw guys dealing with mental health issues throughout the course of, throughout the course of uh, that, you know, of the time there, you saw the effect it had on the Clippers. You saw the effect that it had on again. There are there there are a number of I'm I'm, I'm waiting, and it'll play out as everything in society kind of, kind of settles down, and you know you know we can everybody kind of catches their breath. But there are going to be some stories and some books that come out of that that bubble experience. I promise you on how that was uh, in terms of what took place in terms of just the mental toll that it took on everybody. That is a one and done, once in a lifetime thing. That's not happening again uh, with these NBA players. NBA players are just not going to do it. It's not going to do it in one place. And again, it's not possible to do that, to, to, to be in one place for a significant amount of time anyway. We're talking about 72 games. We're talking about going from, you know, December to you know, let's say uh, the end of June, early July. And again, if you listen, uh, and to get this season started, it's going to be a lot of moving pieces. You got free agency, you got the draft, you got uh, training camps, you got a bunch of stuff. It will get done. I promise you, it absolutely will get done because the the players care about their bottom lines. They're gonna get, and they're gonna, they they're gonna get their money. That's all it is to it. They're going to do whatever it takes. You have not seen a player complain. Now, you had Danny Green come out and say that, well, you know, LeBron might not show uh, for the first part of the season. Bullshit. LeBron will be there December 22nd ring night in uniform. I promise you. He will be there. Guys are not taking – the guys are not sitting out 5, 10, the beginning of the season. It's not going to happen. You might see guys get minutes cut. You might see play. You might see teams play more players, things of that nature. Guys are not sitting out games. Not taking off games like that, especially the star players. It's not going. It's not happening. You gonna have a situation. You think you have a situation where you're trying to get fans back? You're trying to sell. You're trying to get the game back to where ratings are going to where ratings are regular, and you think you're gonna sell the game by having star players sit out at the beginning of the season? Not hey, I'll see you at the Martin Luther King birthday. No, 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 no. 
Well, I'll see you around President's Day. That shit's not happening. It's not going. That's not realistic. The players will be there, front and center. They'll be there. Don't worry. You, you will see all. You will see all. All your all the star players. They're healthy. They will be there. As far as the NFL went this weekend, it was a great one o'clock window uh, of games. You had about yeah about six to seven, about at least uh, six or seven one score games. Um, the big winner, of course, of the week was uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is the remains the only undefeated team in the league after uh, after week seven. Um, they're at six and zero. They took out Tennessee 27-24. Probably, probably a little bit harder than what they thought it was going to be, at being up twenty four seven. But give Tennessee a lot of credit. Tennessee is a very good team, very physical team, and a team that makes you play all sixty minutes. Roethlisberger was not great, not by any stretch of imagination. Um, through a, through a couple of picks, but Pittsburgh was able to hang on um, as uh, Gaskowski missed a kick that would have tied the game and sent it into uh, overtime. Give Pittsburgh a lot of credit going on the road. That's not an easy place to win. Even with no fans, it's still not an easy place to win. Held Derrick Henry in check. He started getting loose in the fourth quarter as he did. It seemed like Pittsburgh's defense was wearing down. But they, for the most part, Pittsburgh, who pound for pound, I think probably has the best defense in the league. This It's a toss-up between them and Tampa Bay. But pound, I think Pittsburgh probably top to bottom has the best defense in the league. Uh, give them a lot of credit. They go to 6 or no. Tennessee uh, drops to uh, five and one. Um, big big time with Arizona on uh, Sunday Night Football in a game where they were trailing the entire game. They eke out a 37-34 victory over Seattle. Uh, Wilson Russell Wilson was bad in this game. He threw three picks. Was outplayed by uh, Kyler Murray without question. Um, this was a game that Arizona probably had to win two you know two or three different times. They miss a kick uh, at the end of regulation, and then they go into you know they go and go into overtime. They get an interception, and then finish it off um, with a field goal. Um, give Arizona again. Give Arizona a lot of credit. They played well this season. You know Washington losing to them early doesn't look as bad for the Washington football team. You think about it. Um, they you know they are a uh, they have a quarterback who's going to be a star. Uh, you know. And Kyler Murray. Um, so they uh, that division is brutal. I mean, that is a that that is a, that's going to be a fun division to watch. That AF, that NFC West. All those teams are above five hundred, and all those teams, frankly, that are playing well right now. I mean, you know, Seattle, you know, loses their first game. San Francisco and the Rams have played have, have picked it up over the last couple of weeks, and now you have you have Arizona. So all those teams are playing well. You're going to get minimum two teams out of that division two team minimum two teams are coming out of that division probably probably no more than two um because of how well uh chicago's playing and because of how well new orleans has picked it up now so you know you're gonna probably get two out of out of that afc out of the nfc uh south as well but um uh, that that is that, that is the best division in football without question. That AFC West and all those matchups. You look forward to all those matchups. Um, next week you'll have San Francisco at Seattle. 
uh, in, a, in another heavyweight matchup. That's you know that used to, that that at one time was the best rivalry in in you know in the sport for a two to three year period. So nice win for Arizona. Uh, Murray, of course, outplays Russell Wilson, who who I think lost his stranglehold on MVP. I mean, people people are talking. Brady, you know, Rodgers, the MVP is, you know, through seven weeks, the MVP is wide open, to be honest with you, amongst those amongst those three uh, three quarterbacks. The MVP is wide open. Wilson had it on lock for the last couple of weeks, but he's been shaky. Starting to, his, his interceptions have picked up. He already has six interceptions. Still leads the league in touchdown passes, but not by a lot. So, uh, all of a sudden, the MVP kind of is, is up in the air at this point, but, you know, still a lot of football to be played. Uh, Green Bay bounces back uh, offensively with a great, great performance. Uh, 35-20, big days out of Rodgers and, of course, Devontae Adams. And Houston, of course, season from hell it continues. They dropped a 1-6. Um, they're going to be – they look like they're going to be in mixed for possibly the number one pick. Uh, they keep it, if they keep this up, um, it's hard – you know, again, it's hard to fathom a team with Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt being one and six really is but they have nobody to blame but themselves uh they allowed bill bill o'brien to kind of put them in this position with 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 his general manager moves and i'm not saying bill o'brien was a bad coach he wasn't a bad coach he was a horrible general general manager and you know you blame you know you blame uh ownership that is that's on mcnair that's i mean that's on houston ownership um without question not mcnair but uh that's on houston's uh ownership um, without question, they uh, put Bill O'Brien in that in, in, uh, put Bill O'Brien in that position. Bill O'Brien should have never been general manager and head coach, so they are paying for those decisions. Um, and you know, this has already been a lost season for uh, the Texans. Wild game with Cincinnati and Cleveland gives Cleveland a lot of credit, despite the fact that they lose uh, Odell Beckham to an torn ACL. Uh, Baker Mayfield output outduels um, Joe Burrow, who Burrow's going to be very good too. He's had a very he's he's played extremely well this year. Uh, Burrow and also Justin Herbert out of um, out of the, uh, with the Chargers. Both those guys have played well. Uh, May, give Mayfield credit: five touchdowns, uh, no Beckham. And by the way, Beckham has not been healthy the last two years. I mean, he's at the he's at a point in his career where he is absolutely damaged goods. That's all there is to it. He cannot stay on the field. Uh, so Mayfield, when people when people wanted to run him out of town um, a couple of weeks ago, even last week, now all of a sudden, team is five and two. His numbers don't look as bad as they once did. Fifteen touchdowns, seven interceptions, and and all things are are right as of right now with the Cleveland Browns for now uh, as they improve, improve the 5-2 and two on the season. Kansas City continues to be the best team in football. They dominate Denver. Kansas City is the team, the only team in the league that can beat you every, any, any type of way with any type of style. They don't need Mahomes to be great in order for them to win. They get up, you know, they can beat you with their defense. They can beat you with their running game. They can beat you with their special teams. They can they can play any style of football, and that's what separates them from the rest of the teams around the league. Now, I'm not saying this Kansas City team is, is a great, you know, it's not the 84 49ers or the uh, 07 Patriots, but they are they are the best team in football, and they have they have their room for error is is 
you know, is bigger than uh, most than any other teams in, in the sport. Again, they don't need Patrick Mahomes to be great for in, in order for them to win games. Uh, so they handled Denver 43 to 16. And by the way, when is John Elway going to start taking heat for not replacing Peyton Manning? Like he said, Peyton Manning retired like five years ago. And he still hasn't found a comparable quarterback. And I'm not even saying comparable to Peyton Manning's skill, but a, a quarterback that can lead, that can even be worthy of being a starter. Forget about the Hall of Fame. I'm just talking about finding a legitimate starting quarterback. Because they, they five, it's been five years and they have, they have not found it whatsoever. Not even, and they don't even seem to be even close. New England Patriot, New England Patriot haters. It's a great time to be a Patriot hater because the Patriots right now are struggling. They take a, just a straight ass whooping from the San Francisco 49ers who are playing well right now. Look like the old 49ers from last year that went to the Super Bowl with the, with their defense and with their physicality, running the ball. Uh, you know, Garoppolo not, you know, making enough plays. Uh, this was just an utter domination. Uh, 33 to 6. They outgamed New England. 467 to 241. Uh, the biggest story out of this game, a uh, couple things. Number one, uh, Cam Newton not finishing the game. Uh, three interceptions. He's not three interceptions. And then, of course, you had Jeff Garcia talking about Cam Newton's clothes as if that correlates to how you know poorly he's played over the last couple games, which it doesn't. But, um, you know, it's going to be, you know, New England's played some, New England has played some tough teams. Let's, let's be honest about that. They played San Francisco, Kansas City. Um, schedule has not been easy for the most part. Um, Miami, a game that they won. But um, so I'm not ready to, to completely write New England off. But uh, offensively, it's, just, it's not there right now, offensively. It's not. Um, so, and you know, the defense... You know, the defense isn't bad, but the defense certainly is not the level at the level it was the last couple of years. Um, you know, listen, Belichick has a lot of work on it. He's a, he has a lot of work to do to try to get this team into the playoffs. It's going to be a major, it'll be, he'll do the best coaching job of his career if he gets this team in the playoffs the way they're looking right now. The good news is that division is not great. It's not a great division. Buffalo is I think Buffalo and Miami are, are probably better, but they're not that much better. They're not. They're not. So it'll be interesting to watch them in that division. I, I just don't think that division is great. They were in the division with Pittsburgh or Kansas City. I'd be like, forget it. But they're not in the division with either one of those teams, So or even Tennessee for that matter. So, you know, I, that's the one thing they have going for them, that their division, like, I don't see anybody, including Buffalo, running away with that division. Uh, Tampa Bay, of course, had maybe one of the most impressive wins of the, of the not the season, but of the week, 45-20 over, the, over uh, the Vegas Raiders. Of course, Brady, five touchdowns, four touchdown passes. All of a sudden, 18 touchdowns, four interceptions, playing like an MVP candidate. Uh, since week three, he has 15 touchdowns and one interception. So, you know, in the battle, Brady versus Belichick, Brady is clearly on top right now. Clearly on top. So, you know, you can come draw your own conclusions. 
uh, as of right now, but right uh, when the season's done, but as of right now, it's clearly Brady is winning that battle. And the Cowboys and the, and the Falcons continue to be the Cowboys and the Falcons. The Falcons just continuously invent ways how to lose games. Um, you see Ty Gurley, instead of, of course, taking a knee and allowing Atlanta to be able to run down the clock with a game-winning field goal, goes into the end zone and which, you know, goes into the end zone and allows Detroit, which is, by the, by, by the way, which is known for losing close games. So you know you lose a fourth-quarter close game to Detroit that you just are one of the worst closing teams of all time, which Atlanta is. Atlanta is one of the worst second-half, fourth-quarter teams that you will ever see. Uh, and once you, you just knew they were going to lose the game once that happened. Like, they was just – that was it. They were just going to lose. And not to say that, he, that, the, that the kicker even makes the field goal the way Atlanta closes out games, but, you know, just a terrible mistake by the hands of, from a veteran player like Todd Gurley II uh, scoring a touchdown instead of taking a knee or, or sliding before he hit the end zone. Um, in regards to Dallas, just an embarrassing loss to the Washington football team, 25-3, a game that they didn't come to play at all. Uh, again, the easy, you know, the easy narrative is to point the fingers at Mike McCarthy. I don't blame McCarthy. And be honest with you, it is that Dallas is Dallas is losing because of their culture. Their performance is, is, is a reflection of their culture or lack thereof. It's just it starts with Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, and, and, and what have you. It, and it starts with Jerry Jones. Let's be honest. That they have they, that team does not have a culture, a winning culture. They don't have a they they are, they are a front running team when everything's going good. You know, is how about those Cowboys? Is this and that? Jerry's you know smiling on the radio doing this. You know, can't shut up. But they don't have they don't have a the fabric of a championship culture. But probably why probably because they haven't won a Super Bowl since it, since 1995. And you have Jerry Jones who some of these draft picks, some of these drafts over the last couple of years are starting to catch up with them. The offensive line is getting older. They can't stay healthy. Uh, the defense is dreadful, dreadful. And they don't have, they don't have very good depth. Once you get that, get past Dallas' starters, they have nothing. Every team is going to have injury, injuries. So there are two things that are going to show what type of team you have. Because everybody's going to go through injuries. Everybody. Last year, the Saints lose Drew Brees for, what, the better part of six weeks? Teddy Bridgewater goes 5-1 and one in those six weeks. And by the way, nobody knew Teddy. When Teddy Bridgewater was, was, came uh, into the game, nobody anticipated him to play as well as he played. No one. No one. No one. But... The Saints have a culture, a winning, they have a culture that has a foundation in terms of, hey, we know what we're doing here. We have depth. We're going to run our offense. We're going to do, you know, just don't go lose the game. We'll play great defense and we'll, you know, win some games. And instead, you know, and I remember saying at the time, if they go two and three or three, three and three, doing a great job, they end up going five and one, might even been seven and one. But any type of adversity Dallas deals, Dallas has, they're gonna, they're gonna come up, they're gonna come apart. 
they're gonna come apart. I mean, it goes beyond Dak, Dak Prescott getting hurt. It's just the fact that this team, uh, this team needs to start rebuilding. They really do. They need to start. They need to start rebuilding through the draft, and facing the fact that they're not a Super Bowl contender. They need to start. I would now. You saw Everson Griffin get traded today. I would trade a. I, I would trade a, three or four players to get to to get draft picks for the future year for uh, the up and coming years. I would trade one of those receivers. They have a surplus of receivers. I'm getting rid of one of those guys. Cooper. I would try to move Cooper. I would, I would try to move Cooper. C.D. Lamb is is on a rookie deal. Okay. I, I would definitely try to move Cooper. And the number of teams, you, you're telling me a Green Bay wouldn't like Amari Cooper as a number two compared to the, with Devontae Adams? There are a number of teams that would, that would trade for that, that would like Amari Cooper um, and that would give you, that would try to win a Super Bowl this year and would give you some draft picks. I mean, Tampa Bay just took a risk on uh, Antonio, uh, Antonio Brown. So you might, you're going to have some teams that, you know, try to win it this year. Feel like they, you know, feel like they can, you know, for at least a half dozen teams that feel like they can win a championship this year. So, um, it, you know, Dallas um, is going to be, they're going to be, you know, they, they might not be as bad to compete for the number one draft pick, but they're going to, they're going to have a top five pick this year. They're going to be, they're going to have a top five pick without question. As far as next week of the NFL goes, uh, some big matchups: Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh hosting Baltimore, or Baltimore hosting Pittsburgh. Uh, those two teams at one point, you remember, had the best rivalry. They did have actually had the best rivalry in football. New England at Buffalo should be interesting, and of course, I already met the aforementioned San Francisco at um, Seattle. So nice day, uh, nice good week, uh, a good Sunday of football. Um, you know. Yesterday, you know, last night was kind of afterthought. Um, the Rams have a very good defense. We know this, and we know with the Bears struggled to score points, so was not was not surprised by the least bit surprised by that result uh, last night. Um, and you know, you just have a situation where uh, in the NFL, where you have a number of quarterbacks playing at a high level. I mean, right now you have eleven quarterbacks with over a quarterback rating of a hundred. Uh, so, even you know, even guys, you know, even like I said, Baker Mayfields and and guys like that, uh, you know, have picked it up. Um, so there are like a number of quarterbacks playing well this year. I really, it's really stood out to me. Even the rookies coming in, like Herbert and uh, you know Joe Burrow, have come in right away. And when you see that, what happens is. Franchises become less patient with number one draft picks because they'll say, "Hey, he picked it up in year two. What's your problem? This is what year three, year four. I believe within if you have a decent foundation and a decent culture, you know within two years what you have in the quarterback." Doesn't take three to four to five years anymore. No, no, no. You know, within two years, quarterbacks are better equipped to play now than they ever have been coming into the NFL. They are ready to play. I mean, these guys are the way you know these offenses they run in college or the way they train. You know, these 
quarterback gurus that they're playing with in, in high school, or even middle school. So corner guys are ready to play quarterback once they when they come into the NFL. More so now than ever before. That's going to wrap it up for this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. Remember, again, game six tonight, Dodgers, Rays. Uh, I like the Rays to force it to a game seven. Um, but this could be the Dodgers night. It's been an L.A. year so far as far as, you know, as, far as with the Lakers. We'll see if the Dodgers can kind of uh, cap off a championship season for uh, La La Land. Uh, that's going to wrap it up. I will see you next time. Again, listen to the Wire podcast I did with Robert Sapp, Season 3, Episode 4, Amsterdam. And also this podcast, this podcast will be up early tomorrow, early tomorrow morning. Subscribe to my pack, subscribe to my podcast. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Evening. I'm out.